the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. In today's episode, we're sharing a presentation from MaxLawCon 2020. Our originally scheduled MaxLawCon speaker, Jess Birkin, presented live to the Maximum Lawyer Guild community. And today we share her talk, why I switched to subscription legal services, and how you can too. Let's get to it. All right. Hey, everybody. I am Jess. You might know me from the group. If you're in the Max Law Facebook group, I've been in there a lot. So I'm going to talk to you today about why I switched my practice to subscription services and how you might also think about that for your firm. So if you if you like what I'm saying, I would suggest you connect to me on Twitter. I'm at Jess Birkin on Twitter. If you don't like what I'm saying, Connect to me on Twitter anyway, because it's fun to fight on the internet, right? So um, Law Twitter, if you're not there, is amazing, and it's super fun, and it's the only like thing that like makes my morning complete. So I wholly recommend you get on there and follow me, and let's connect, and we can talk about innovation. So yeah, so I'm Jess. I've got a private practice that I've been running on my own. I'm a true solo. I have one full-time staff that works for me who's not a lawyer. But before I went into private practice, I worked in-house at a large nonprofit. So my practice is, is solely focused on serving nonprofit clients. I work with small to mid-sized organizations. And I'm kind of like a small business attorney that has extra compliance knowledge, right? Because they have special rules that apply to them. So in 2016, I left my old law partner and I hung my own shingle. And, you know, I have great clients, I'm good at my work, but eventually I just started to feel a little frustrated with my, my job. I was just sort of like, eh, you know, more and more and more frequently. And I, I was working for myself, you know, I, I had this cool co-working space. I, I couldn't quite figure out what was becoming so dissatisfying in my work. And so I started to think about it. And the problem for me in my practice was not running the business. Like I absolutely love that part of the business and I'm, I'm actually pretty good at it. I love tech. I love creating efficiencies. I'm not afraid to try new things. I'm not afraid to like abandon something that's not working. And I absolutely adore the nonprofit sector. I have a master's in nonprofit management. 
those are my people, right? So I feel great about the kind of work that I do, but I was starting to feel really overwhelmed and just kind of annoyed by my clients and their problems. So they were just really driving me kind of nuts. And I found myself having a lot of fires to put out all the time. People would contact me with emergency situations like that they should have asked for help with a long time ago. You know, oh, we fired this employee and now they've, they've filed a complaint against us. Or, oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm finalizing a real estate deal tomorrow. And could you just look at these papers really quick? Well, you know, it's like these last minute drinking out of the fire hose, firefighter mode all the time. And for me, that is just not why I wanted to be a lawyer. I don't find firefighting to be the fun part. Some people do. Some people need to like live in that crisis mode all the time. I think those people need to go to therapy because that's not healthy. That's a different topic. I want my clients to be strong nonprofits, strong companies, right? And it bugs me when they wait too long to get advice or go all in on something before figuring out if it was a good idea. And then they call me at the last minute to fix the problem. So too many clients were showing up with these like super short deadlines for projects where they were, you know, 90% in and just wanted me to like check it over quickly. And I think regardless of your practice area, you know, we all know people who are, you know, family law attorneys and the person comes to you and they've already done a bunch of self-help and they should have contacted a lawyer a while ago, whatever the case may be, right? You're familiar with this client. We've all had those people. And I also had sort of a suspicion that customer satisfaction was a, becoming a problem for my clients also. Now I am practicing in Minneapolis, Minnesota and the surrounding area. And so one of the things about the Midwest, but Minnesota in particular is that Minnesotans are very indirect communicators. I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm on the east side of the Mississippi River. So I'm a much more direct person, but here in Minnesota, people are very indirect and they just won't tell you to your face if they're unhappy unless it's really bad. But I had some telltale signs, right? So I had clients that, and these might sound familiar to you. I had clients that wanted to limit the scope of work, right? Oh, I'm going to do all these things. And I just need you to do this one part that I feel like is lawyer work. Or I had clients who would rarely call me. I would, had clients that were trying to do the legal work by helping because they think that it will cut their costs when you and I both know that doesn't work because they probably did it wrong um, or they made it worse, right? And then I would have clients who I would have talked with about something and then they would just disappear for six months only to show up with a big problem because maybe they didn't want to call me and pay for the 10 minutes to ask the question, right? But on the flip side, I had some clients that were super happy and there was one in particular that was my first private practice client. And I took them on pro bono because they asked me to be on their board of directors. But what they really needed was a lawyer. And that's really what they wanted from me was legal services. So I said, look, I'll be your lawyer for free for a while. How about that instead? And they were happy with that. Um, and, and it led to lots of referrals and it was totally a good move at the time. But this client was always happy. They included me on everything they did. If they were going to 
do anything that had some sort of like legal angle, they would CC me on the email when they were first discussing it and they would make sure that they were doing the right thing on the front side of everything they did. So they got advice early and often. And in the five years that I represented them, they had virtually no legal problems. Uh, and I even took them through like a emotionally difficult merger with another organization where we merged both of their org cultures and their boards. and it all went brilliantly. And that's not just because I'm amazing, although, you know, whatever. Um, but my, my light bulb moment, so I've got this like client in the back of my mind, right? Like they're really happy and they don't pay. So who doesn't love that? But then my real light bulb moment was when I offered to take this longstanding client of mine. They'd been with me for a really long time before I hung my own shingle when I was with my partnership. Like we worked together for years. And I just hadn't seen this executive director in quite a while. So I emailed her and said, hey, you know, I haven't seen you in forever. Would love to take you for a cup of coffee just to connect. And she wrote back and asked me if there would be a charge for the meeting. And I was like, oh, my God, what? Like, all right, we have a problem here. Like this client doesn't even want me to buy them a cup of coffee because they're worried that my six minute increments will be like running and that I'm going to nickel and dime her at the, at the coffee if we end up talking about something. So that was sort of a wake up call for me that this client that knows and loves me was feeling that way. So that's kind of when it really, really clicked that my clients are not contacting me and I'm putting out fires because they don't want me to give them a bill for six minutes. They don't want to call and ask the question and say, should I do this? Should I not do this? We're thinking about doing this because they're like, well, she'll probably say it's fine. And, you know, I don't want to get the bill for the 10 minutes just to hear it's okay. So they just don't contact me until there's a burning garbage fire. So I really started thinking, you know, how can I, one, get clients to talk to me earlier and more often so I enjoy the work more? Two, how can I help them avoid those big expensive problems? Because for me, my goal as a small business nonprofit attorney is to do risk management, right? Not to like make money off of them having big dumpster fires, even though that could be lucrative. I really want them to be healthy and grow strong and not waste their time and resources on big problems that shouldn't exist. And then three, how can I help them control their costs but I still need to make money, right? Because the pro bono client was very happy, but they never paid me. So that's obviously not a viable business strategy. I'm a huge fan of, you know, entrepreneurship and like thinkers and people like Gary Vee and Seth Godin and Ramit Sethi. And I, I go to like weird legal conferences, like lawyerists old TBD law. And I go to like Cleo Cloud and listen to podcasts and I'm into all of this stuff. And I started thinking about would, would a subscription service actually work for my law firm? I got very into online courses and thinking about content and content marketing and how do I get what's in my head into a course. So I started by building an online course and then all of this stuff with my clients led me to think about subscriptions and trying to take away the pain of of the six minute increment, right? So I started looking at the market to see 
who was already out there doing this? I took a class from Ramit Sethi, who I love. And one of the things where Ramit talks about is like verifying your idea and whether your idea is a good one and actually seeing that other people are doing the thing that you want to do is basically market validation of your idea. So I wanted to, to have some market validation. Like, are there other legal services that are on subscription? And of course, when I looked around the world on the internet, I'm seeing, of course, this is a thing, right? We already have group legal services through Legal Shield and Arag and Legal Zoom was starting to get into that. I know Alan Rodriguez, who used to be at Legal Zoom and who's now at 1400, and like he was, you know, huge into their legal subscription program. And then I found other solo practice and small practice attorneys that were doing this, like John Tobin, who has the Creators Legal Program. He's awesome. You should check out his stuff. Kim Bennett, of course, is a very outspoken lawyer who's got a whole subscription model. And my friend Aaron Levine, who runs Hello Divorce out in California, has built this huge divorce family law platform for DIY people where they can upgrade to have a lawyer help them. So these are all already out there and existing. And for me, that was a great big green light. It was like, go, run, like you can do this. That's basically how I sort of decided, like, this is what I'm going to do. So I had been mulling this over and I actually had a really bad breakup. I had this like jerk boyfriend who dumped me right before I was going to lawyer's lab cons. And I was like a crying mess. I was just like, oh, I'm going through this big breakup and I have to go to lab con like tomorrow. And I just decided that I would be damned if I was going to let this guy ruin my experience at lab con. So I just decided I was going to go to this conference with 75 of the you know smartest, most innovative people in legal. And I was going to get the most out of that three days. So I basically went into LabCon saying, I'm building my version 1.0 subscription plan. We're going to do this. Screw that guy. I'm coming out of here bigger and stronger. Like, let's go. So I sat down and I said, I need to create my own thing. Chad Burton, who's in the Max Law Group, gave me a really great piece of advice, which was don't just repackage what you already do and call it a subscription. You need to create something new. So I really started thinking about what can I create that's new and what do my clients actually want, right? And everybody likes to think that, um, you know, our practice is like magical and different and our clients are sensitive special people and we can't possibly change things for them because they're so high maintenance and all of the excuses. But I think really a lot of clients want the same things. And, you know, so I think most clients really want to know how much something costs, right? When's the last time you paid for something that you didn't know how much it was going to cost? Lawyers are almost the last place where that experience happens. So I think clients want to know how much something costs. I think they want to feel like they're getting something of value, right? You don't want to buy something that's not valuable. That's a waste of money. They want to be able to quit if they don't want to keep going. And they want to access legal services when it's convenient for them, not necessarily when it's convenient for us. And they also want to feel safe and secure, like they've made a good decision. 
So that was sort of my baseline. Like all clients want these things. And then I looked at what do I want? Because I am the person that has to come do this work every day. And if I am miserable, that's no good, right? Or if I am drawing in clients that are a terrible fit and terrible to work with, that's also no good. So for me, my list of wants was these things. And these may be similar for you, but you may have your own things that you want, right? So my list was, I don't want to go broke. Uh, That would be nice. I want to provide value that doesn't involve time tickets. And I wanted to provide value that was scalable and evergreen. And so that's, you know, that's that whole online course content side of me coming out. I want to get paid for the things that I usually don't charge for, but are still super valuable. So in my practice, a lot of times people would ask me, oh, you know, I think I need to have a participant waiver for our nonprofit. And I would just be like, look, I have this form here. I'll email it to you. Just take it. It's I'm, I'm glad you're using that. Or, oh, we don't know what good board meeting minutes look like. Well, here, here's, here's some sample meeting minutes. What am I going to do? I'm going to charge them, you know, for the 30 seconds it took me to email them that document. That never felt right. But I am providing them something super valuable. So how do I kind of capture the value, right? And I also wanted to, to Chad's point, create something new and not just repackage the same old, same old. And I really wanted to have more fun and enjoy my work because it is me that is doing the work. So what I created was my Mission Guardian program. You can totally check it out. Uh, You can go to my website, birkinlaw.com slash mission dash guardian, or just go to missionguardian.com. There's like a sales page light um, on missionguardian.com. I'm not hiding anything. The prices are right there. What you get is right there. The sales pitch is right there. Feel free to go poke around and look at everything. Get inspired for your own ideas. People always want to like go deep on like, well, what's in there? And how did you build it? And what's your tech stack? And this, that, and the other. And I have a whole other talk I can give about how I literally built the website and what tech I use and all of that. And a lot of times people want to... They want to pick my brain about the subscription program because they're thinking about doing it for them. And I'm always happy to do that. I give talks like this and whatever. But I think the thing that you need to know is that what works for me and my clients in my practice doesn't necessarily translate exactly to you and your clients and your practice, right? The thing that you need to know is that this is worth doing. So I mentioned Alan Rodriguez from 1400. He used to work at LegalZoom, and he told me that once LegalZoom started offering subscription legal services, those services accounted for 20, 24%, that's almost one quarter of LegalZoom's revenue after just 12 months. So that is a huge consumer, like we're all raising our hand saying this is what we want. So the thing you should definitely know is that this is doable and people do want it. So what you have to figure out is what do your clients want from you and your practice, right? They want to know how much it costs. They want to feel like they're getting something of value. But what else is unique to your clients, right? And you should ask them, you know, what do they like about working with you? And what is valuable about your service? And you don't 
personally have to ask them. You could use, you know, if you use Smith AI for your calling, you could have them do outbound calls and survey your clients for you. You could do a focus group. You could have an admin do it. You could have an intern do it because maybe, you know, it's too scary to get some of the feedback directly, or they might, if you live in the Midwest or in Minnesota, they might not want to tell you all the feedback, but I think it's important for you to actually ask them, what is it that they like about working with you so that you can double down on it and figure out what else you can offer because we need to think about what we can give them besides our billable hour the billable hour is not what we sell right is it your clients need educational materials are you a divorce lawyer and you're always putting people in touch with good counselors or giving them advice about how to manage their kids adjustment what do you do to coach your clients through their situation that's got really nothing to do with the law? And can you expand on that to make it more of a service offering? And then think about what makes your job more fun? Who are your ideal clients and why are they great? That's really important because if you create something that attracts those people that you love to work for and work with, you will be much happier. If you create a subscription plan or any sort of, you know, practice plan that attracts your worst clients, you will make yourself miserable because those people will be your target market accidentally. So that's super important as you go into this is understanding the kind of people that you like to work with and what their persona is. Hey guys, it's Becca here. I'm sure you've heard Jim and Tyson mention the Guild on the podcast and in the Facebook group. That's because we're seeing some really exciting things happening with Guild members and their businesses. The Guild is this perfect mix of a community, group coaching, and a mastermind. Inside, you'll gain support, tap into a network of connections, and continue learning, a common theme among successful entrepreneurs. There are so many benefits inside the Guild, including weekly live events and discounts to all Maximum Lawyer events. Head over to MaximumLawyer.com forward slash the Guild to check out all of the benefits and watch a few testimonials from current members. Investing in a community is like the self-care of business ownership. Being in a community with other people who get it is crucial when you're creating a rock-solid foundation to build your business on, one that's strong enough to withstand setbacks, transitions, and growth. So head to MaximumLawyer.com and click on the Guild page to join us. Now, let's get back to the episode. And then the big one, how do you avoid going broke? It sounds funny, but like seriously, though, uh, the thing that everybody is most scared of about flat fees or subscriptions is getting screwed on the work. Right. So or maybe you're afraid of like getting stuck with clients. So make sure that you're not make sure that you're not going to go broke. There are different ways to accomplish this. Like there's an episode of the Lawyerist podcast that it's pretty ancient now. And I forget the guy's name, but he was a divorce lawyer who did, it was kind of like a subscription, more like payments, but it was like his clients paid for a four month block. And every four months they mutually decided whether they were going to continue or not. And he had figured out in his practice that the four month window is about the right amount of time where he's at to get people through the sort of like initial phase and decide whether they're going to trial. So they've gone through mediation and it's like shit or get off the pot. Pardon my French. So if you're going to go for the next phase, you're going to pay for the next four month chunk. 
if you aren't, you're probably done because you've already settled. And that worked for him in his practice because he figured that out and he figured out that he wasn't trapping himself in with somebody for this flat fee. The other thing is, you know, mastering your scope of work, whatever that looks like for you, whether it's the boundaries of the subscription plan or if you're doing flat fee projects within that plan, you need to define your scope and stick to it. And it's okay to make mistakes. You're going to learn from that and you're going to iterate this and you're not going to make something perfect the first time. So my recommendation is create a on paper subscription plan and then beta test it, you know, bounce. First of all, get feedback from your best clients and say, is this something you would be interested in or would have been interested in while we had our time together? Don't make some big flashy announcement, just get people's feedback. Then when you feel like you have it in a good place, test it, right? The next client that comes in the door, say, this is, this is a choice for how you work with me or say, this is how I'm, I am working with new clients. Try it and see how it works. I offered a choose your own adventure plan. Basically, like my retainer letter looked like, here's how subscription works. Here's how the old traditional hourly model works. At the end of that retainer agreement, they actually ticked a box. Which one do you want? Now, of course, like this engagement letter was like a incredibly good sales tool because I'm like, subscription is amazing. And here's all the reasons why. And hourly blows because... I'm nickel and diming you the whole time. That was an obvious choice. But the thing is that after one year of offering that, you can pick. I'll either bill you hourly or we can do subscription with flat fees. Nobody ever picked hourly ever again. And so after the first 12 months went by and exactly zero new clients chose hourly billing, I just don't even offer it anymore. And now my retainer agreement looks like this is how I work with clients. This is how other lawyers work with clients. And at the end, they just sign and they become either a subscriber or they pay me a flat fee or both. The the other piece of advice that I have for you is to get comfortable with new systems and use them. If you have been doing hourly billing and that's, that's the world you're coming from, which is most people, you need to start understanding like a new way of thinking, right? You don't have to make everything yourself. You don't have to make a whole website like I did. You can go hire one You can use gravity payments. You can, you can find the tech stack that's user-friendly for you, but you cannot just do things your old way and expect to make money on a subscription plan or a flat fee plan. We have to change how we work, right? Because the hourly model is... It's basically built for like the more time you suck up, the more money you make. And this whole thing throws that on its head and says, Jess, you need to be super efficient. You need to have systems and you need to like master automation and delegation so that you have a margin on your, your, you know, that there's a profit. So that might look like outsourcing some of the work to lawyers on Locklerk right? I do that all the time. Locklerk.legal. It's a great resource. I charge my clients flat fees. I ship the work off to somebody at Locklerk.legal and it gets done and I know exactly what it's going to cost me. That might look like online scheduling to manage client expectations, or it might be having a secure website or a portal. Just all of these things that create efficiencies for you so that you 
don't get broke, but they're new to you. And so you're going to have to get comfortable using new things if that's not your everyday norm. Now, if it is your everyday norm, you should be switching to flat fees and subscription as quickly as possible because you are slowly, slowly declining your revenues the more efficient you get on an hourly basis, right? So that's really the advice, you know, avoid going broke, make stuff your clients will like, attract your ideal clients and, you know, make stuff and break stuff. It's okay to make mistakes. We tend to be type A driven overachievers and, you know, that can kind of lead to paralysis by analysis where we're trying to plan the perfect thing. And if you're like me, you have very high standards and you like have a idea in your head of how something is supposed to be. And even if you put out what you think is the most perfect God's gift to whatever, your clients are going to get in there and break it and you're going to find out things and you're going to end up with version 1.2 and version 1.3 and version 1.4. And then eventually you'll be like, you know what, actually, we need to go to 2.0. That's how this works. It's okay. You are going to learn along the way. So I think this is just about the end of my spiel. So if you have questions, throw them in the chat and we can answer some of those. So we did have one member just say that one of their big concerns is pricing so that they're not doing work for free. Yes. Amen. Right. That is, that is the scariest thing. And if you look at my, my mission guardian program, what I offer is to my clients as part of the, so let me just give you the, my subscription works like this. People pay a recurring monthly fee and it's pretty low and they get a certain amount of service as part of that base subscription. And that doesn't cover everything, right? So if they actually need me to work on a document, help them with a real estate deal, respond to the IRS or, you know, like meaty things that are not covered by my base subscription, we do those on a flat fee project. And so my promise to them as subscribers is that I will always quote you a price for any work that we need to do outside of the base subscription. So I think one of the things that people get scared about is that, oh, I need to have I need to have this like one price that encompasses everything. And how can I possibly do that? Because every case is a little bit different and every client's needs are not exactly the same. Well, don't do that, right? <laughs> Unless you want to do like a structured payment plan like that divorce lawyer I mentioned, who's like, I know most cases are going to settle within four months and I'm really comfortable taking four months as a flat fee, whatever comes, right? Okay, fine. But if you're really trying to do a subscription, you need to decide what's in the subscription and what's not in the subscription. So like my subscription includes unlimited scheduled calls with me. And that sounds scary AF, right? Like that was the thing I was most terrified of was like, oh my God, I am going to die doing these scheduled calls every day, eight hours a day. It'll, it's just going to eat me alive. And it, it, and bear in mind, like I do this with the whole city of Minneapolis. There are 70 neighborhoods. In addition to all my other clients, I work with all 70 neighborhood associations for the city. And so like the prospect of like this many member calls was like terrifying to me. And the reality is I tried it and I was like, well, I'm going to put it out there. And if it doesn't work, I will figure it out. Guess what? 
ain't nobody use those calls. I'm like begging people to schedule calls with me because I'm trying to be like, hey, use your subscription. I don't want you to like decide this isn't worthwhile. And also my flat fee project work goes up the more of those calls that I do because then I'm identifying issues with them, right? So it's actually proven to be, I sometimes am like, oh crap, like I haven't heard from so-and-so in like four months. They're like, we need to connect because A, I need to know what's going on with their, their company, their nonprofit. And B, like, I don't want them to feel like they're not using this. So sometimes you're going to just be terrified of what you're building. And just remember, like, that's why you're going to beta test it. Because you don't actually, you, right now, you're just afraid of it. But that's not reality. That like we have an incredible capacity to like wind ourselves up because we're risk managers and we're cautious and we're trained to be cautious. We think of every possible way this could go wrong and that ends up stopping us from doing the things that we need to do. Right. And that's why we're in the max law group or the guild or whatever, because we need that little like, no, come on. You need Tyson to be like, you're going to do it. <laughs> And so, you know, yes, the pricing can be scary, but you just need to build it in a way that you, you feel like you can take that leap and know you can always change it because you're going to beta test. I will say that for me, it has ended up that I have three levels in my subscription. It's like a like baby nonprofit level, growing nonprofit level and super established. And the super established level, like nobody ever goes for, I, I fully intended for that to be a thing that I had clients in, but it ends up just making the other two look very reasonably priced. I have no subscribers at that level. I'm happy to have some, but people are, my clients are just very cost conscious. So they want the middle one or they're a brand new nonprofit and they go with the one that's right for them. So there are things that you can't predict that will happen that will just be just fine. I'm not seeing any other questions. That was great. Awesome. Before we go though, if somebody would like to connect with you, get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah. So you can, like I said before, you can find me on Twitter. I'm very active there. That's at Jess Birkin, J-E-S-S-B-I-R-K-E-N. And you can also go deeper with me on my website, which is hackyourpractice.lawyer. And it's ju I just like talking with other lawyers about this stuff. And I don't have the bandwidth to like talk one-on-one -on -one with everybody. So I end up just puking all of my stuff out onto my YouTube channel and my website. And I had the cutest lawyer on LinkedIn the other day said, I watched your YouTube series about X and I'm just wondering if it's okay if, if I do that in my practice. And I was like, oh, yes, please do that. That is why I'm putting this stuff out there. Please do the things. So connect to me, watch the YouTube videos, find me. Let's change the law for the better. That's awesome. Thank you so much for spending the time with us this afternoon. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Of course. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.